What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA Show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. What's up, shoes? Who made out better at the Super Bowl last night? Was it uh, The Undertaker or NWA champ Tyrus? Ah, gotta go Undertaker. Gotta <laughs> go Undertaker. I'm sorry. The end, the, the NWA title, I, I wouldn't even notice it was there because that commercial just kind of came so quickly. But the Undertaker with the DraftKings, I'm not an under the pun. I'm a sucker for a good pun. Yeah, me too. Yeah, give me Undertaker. Yeah, yeah, Undertaker made out. Definitely, Let me ask you this, though. Better. What is weirder? What's a weirder transition from his rest and ring days? Undertaker breaking kayfabe or Undertaker be- becoming self-aware? Uh, Undertaker <laughs> playing Undertaker in a meme sort of way. You know, I think I'm, my favorite Undertaker has been like podcast Undertaker, right? Like oh, so good. Yeah, like when he's in like his when he gets in like his Joe Rogan bag and he can kind of like see a little bit of those uh old old <laughs> he gets a little bit of those uh those those uh, those old school like tendencies like out and then like he kind of reels himself in. He's like, "Oh, man, but you know we don't do that no more." That's my favorite Undertaker. Like he like he'll always come to the edge of like saying some shit that is like 1000% frowned upon now. <laughs> but he always stops right before then. And he's like, "Oh, yeah, 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 well, but you know, that's 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 what we do now, and you know, he's great. <laughs> I don't, I'm not, I don't, I'm not a fan of self-aware Undertaker. I still like to believe he's a dead mortician, um, with a, I guess, uncle or father that keeps his power in the, in the box or urn. I like that guy more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I like him popping up in Super Bowl commercials. I like, I, I, I just like weird. I like weird Undertaker. I mean, listen, podcast Undertaker is great. Um. Definitely, for some reason, weird to see him in the commercial, but I'll take it. I'll take it. He's an icon. He deserves to be out in the world um, with, you know, Kevin Hart and whoever else they can cram into a 30-second spot. So You know what's cool about that, though? It's like, that's the magic of wrestling, right? Like, you can't get Captain America in a commercial. You can get Chris Evans, you know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. it's like, eh, he just plays Captain America. It's like, no, that's The Undertaker. That is him. That's yeah. the guy. You know what I'm saying? Like so. I mean, WWE's got to sign off on that too. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, that's that's the beauty of of wrestling in general. You know what I'm saying? Like when that's uh, why Ric Flair is is so fun to see in the True. wild when he's doing regular shit. It's like Stone Cold Steve Austin being like a Texas redneck doing regular stuff is awesome because it's like, God, oh, he's not playing a character. Like some in some way, shape, or form, that is still the actual guy who did all the cool stuff that you read about and watched on TV. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that guy, like Chris Evans didn't kill Thanos. That we know of, yeah. <laughs> that we know of. No, no. He also didn't catch the hammer, but whatever. Yeah, but give all the people in the world that can catch that hammer. Chris Evans has got... Anyway, uh, forget about it. Let's just start the show. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WB superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. 
I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the And you're listening to You're listening to And you're listening to You are listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz. How you doing, bud? I'm doing good, brother. How about yourself, man? Good. Did you have a good Super Bowl Sunday? I had a good Super Bowl Sunday. I uh, I called I called the Chiefs winning. I called him a Holmes MVP. Uh, I called a Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown. But most importantly, I called Rihanna's first song, Bitch Better Have oh. My Money, which was my best bet of last night. So I'm very excited about that. So I didn't really... After she performed that song, I really didn't even care who won after that point. I was just glad I got that one right, you know? Just, that's a big bet. It's a big bet, definitely. What was your favorite part of the night? Was it were you you weren't pulling for the Chiefs outside of the bet, right? Or were you? I was pulling for the Chiefs only because in this past week we've gotten no Patrick Mahomes' dad, and he's my favorite person on the planet. Yeah, and yeah. you got to know him in real life. Not in real life, but oh, like just he's just watching him on TV. For a guy who was, uh, you know, he's not no stranger. Like, he used to be a, a New York Met. He was kind of had his own sort of mm-hmm. fame before that. He's been relatively, like, out of the spotlight. But, like, getting to see him and just, like, realizing, oh, Patrick's dad is, like, he's not just a black daddy. He's, like, mechanic black daddy. Like, you could, like, fix anything around your house. Like, he definitely knows how to, you know, he definitely has a few black of miles in the back of his pocket. (laughs) He's he's 1,000% like that black daddy, and I thought he was hilarious. So I was pulling for him, and um, you know, uh, I, I just... I was just rooting for a good game. I was happy to see two incredible quarterbacks. First time two black quarterbacks went up at it against each other, and on top of that, they both performed, you know, like they, they both had a hell of a games between each other. Kind of hate the way it ended with the, with the flag. Would love to see the game decided on the actual play and not yeah. that bullshit. But other than that, it was a great game. No, I mean, we, it, it was a very pro wrestling ending, right? It was just very, like the, the ref uh, botched very, it. Very dusty finish. Yes. The dusty finish. <laughs> the good thing about the, the, what redeems the dusty finish is that there's a, you know, there'll be a do over. Right, you this can come back, come back next month at the Coliseum, and you can see these two guys <laughs> fight again. Um, that's not how football works, though. So, so you know, I look for something a little bit more definitive there. That certainly was not that. Um, I did a whole uh, post show on the press box talking about the broadcast and stuff. So you guys can listen to that there if you really care about my Super Bowl thoughts. But I know what you're here for. You're here for pro wrestling. So it's Monday. Uh, it's uh, Elimination Chamber week. You know, we always celebrate Elimination Chamber Week at the Ringer Wrestling Show. Um, <laughs> we'll do our full predictions and everything on Thursday, on the Thursday show. Um, and we'll have a lot of content coming up this week on the whole Ringer Wrestling Show feed. I know Rosenberg's got something big coming tomorrow. Um, so keep an eye out. But um, let's talk a little bit about SmackDown. It being let's Monday and all. It. Let's, let's yeah. get this gear up for Elimination Chamber with some SmackDown goings on. Um, uh, the big news or the big segment of the, uh, of, of Friday Coming hot on the heels of the big segment on Monday being a uh, um, uh, Paul Heyman Cody Rhodes co promo that we talked about last week was a uh, an even shorter backstage sort of pre tape bit between Sami Zayn and Jay Uso, wherein Sami said you know sort of apologized for what he's putting Jay through and said you know I didn't get to tell you but I acknowledge you. Um. By the way, they should have like Valentine's Day themed shirts with like a like a candy a candy heart that just says "I acknowledge you" in that like all cap sort of like broken up oh, text. Oh, would sell like gangbusters. You get uh, it? I, I acknowledge, right and now. then the letter U. <laughs> WWE, you can have that. Um, I guess it's probably too late. But it's uh, too late. It's too late. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I know this doesn't make for the best on air content. But what do you think? Where do you think we're going with this? I know, I know what I, I've been pretty consistent in my booking expectations for this angle. But I'm, what do you? Where do you think we're going on on Saturday? <sighs> Dave, there once was a great American uh, television series, probably the greatest American television series of all time. Uh, it was on HBO. It was called The Wire. God, and... I thought you were going to say girls. Go on. <laughs> Close enough. Love, love girls. Uh, but The Wire, uh, if you look on Sammy's Instagram page, 
There's a picture of him at the end of SmackDown giving Jimmy that fist dap right after he said he acknowledges him. And the caption says, we ain't got to dream no more. Now, Brian Waters, you being the Maryland representative, I, we didn't even discuss this before the show. But if I say we ain't got to dream no more, <laughs> what do you what what terrible thing followed that statement, Brian? Well, see, the problem is <laughs> I'm one of the very few people from Baltimore that didn't oh, see the Oh no! What? Is, that, is it too? Is it just too close to home? It's like it why I don't watch some wrestling lamp. shows because I'm just like man. Oh Pretty my much. gosh! <laughs> oh, Brian, it was such I, I watched a season one. I don't want to. I don't want to put you on blast in front of all your Maryland folks. Now you got to explain everybody. I, I know more about everybody. power than I do the watch. <laughs> Jesus what? Christ. Oh, my God. All right. So for the sake of this, this bit not working immediately, Sammy quotes uh, a, a scene from The Wire where, uh, you know, the, the character who played Idris Elba, who was played by Idris Elba, it was this thing that he said right before uh, he was on the run and he gets caught up by Omar and the Muslims. And right when he's caught, and he has nowhere to go. He asks him, you know, what is what does he want? Does he want money? Does he want this? He wasn't that. And Omar pretty much just told him, like, you see, you don't get it. It's not about that. It's not about this. And then Sammy, who I guess will be played by Idris Elba, before he could even finish the sentence, well, fucking get on with it. Before he could even finish that sentence, he gets pumped full of lead, killed off the show. To me, David, mm-hmm. um, to make a perfectly long story short, it feels like Sammy knows he's whistling into his death right now in Montreal. And he kind of probably, un- unless we, he all knows what we know, that we all watch The Wire and all watch wrestling, maybe it's just a, a reverse psychology. Maybe he's either telling people he knows what's coming or I don't know. But t- it seems to me that he knows he's walking into a betrayal and he knows that this is going to be the best his 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 best chance at going down swinging. So, having Jay by his side, knowing that's his last saving grace mm-hmm. in the and the match of his life, um, kind of sets the scene for him to be the one to cause him to not have his dreams come true in Montreal and win the undisputed championship and go on to WrestleMania against Cody Rhodes. That's where I think we're going. Hmm. Um. Yeah. So Monday Night Raw is tonight. We'll talk a little bit about it, but this is going to be, you know, Cody last week before all the Heyman stuff put over mm-hmm. Sami Zayn, right? Did I think he kind of found the exact right wrote right note for that? Um, I feel like that's what he's going to hit back on tonight, right? He's got to kind of put that match over and and leave the door open for that to be a possibility. Uh, I'm interested to see where they go, but uh, I agree that the, the line that really caught me from that Sammy J interaction was not the stuff you talked about was not the, I acknowledge you. It was, it was Sammy saying, I'm going to win. Like I'm going to do it. I don't know how, but I'm going to do it, which is kind of uh, not out of character, but that level of confidence isn't like, like it isn't necessary sort of to the story. I guess it's sort of obvious. I guess it's like what you would expect, but it's, mm-hmm. but, but, you know, I expect me to be just like, I don't care if I die. I'm going to teach that. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to show him that someone that, that yeah. I can stand, that I can stand up to him. I think, right. And I think, but, to, I but, think... To, but to go as far as like, I'm going to win. I don't know. It makes me, well, number one, think he's definitely going to lose, but also, <laughs> but also just sort of, I don't know. It, it adds another layer to the whole thing. What do you think? I don't know. I feel like, I think they did that on purpose, right? Like you mentioned how the Heyman storyline has kind of been like the the B side of this whole thing, right? Going from Mm -hmm. Cody to Paul. And I think that was done on purpose. I think looking at Cody on Monday Night Raw, he was sparkling. He he had the literal spotlight on him while he was in Paul Heyman's face. He was suited up, booted up. You know what I mean? Looks like the WrestleMania main event. Or on the other side on SmackDown, like... There was no big entrance for Sammy. Like he snuck up behind Paul, no music. 
He still has the same hoodie on, same shirt. He looks disheveled. He almost looks deranged a little bit. Like it's almost it's 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 a level of delusion that you kind of have to have when you know you got to beat somebody or die trying, which is the same thing that Kevin Owens said mm-hmm. before he went up against Roman Reigns, right? So I could see a world where um yeah, this match still gets put over and maybe like Sami Zayn gets his piece of flesh off of Roman Reigns, but something's going to happen that's going to stop him from reaching that ultimate goal and 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 winning the undisputed championship. I don't know what it is, but it's just it, it, you know, they they've told the story gloriously. Like nothing that's been done with the bloodline storyline has been by accident. There's a reason why Sammy looks like he just rolled out of bed and hasn't slept in 2 weeks and there's a other reason why Cody looks like he looks like a, a rock star so every time he comes out and he gets the pop and circumstance every time. There's no advertising for Sammy. They haven't mm-hmm. advertised Sammy in 3 weeks. He's either come out through the crowd or come out and stuck up behind people or just done just like real on the low shady shit. So I'm not necessarily sure, man. Like I'm not sure exactly where exactly how they're going to do it, but if we could just kind of take the context clues on how they've been presenting each character in the story, you can kind of see that they're going to go where uh, betrayal is probably going to be the biggest, uh, 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 the biggest theme at Elimination Chamber. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's going to be some betrayal one way or the other. One way or the other, they're they're, they're setting it up. Like, Sammy came in and talked to Paul and was like, what do you think's going to happen? Do you think Solo's going to do this, that, and the third? He's basically saying, like, the bloodline's about to crumble, and you see it coming, you know? So someone's going to betray somebody, you know what I mean? And I think there's a good chance that us all assuming Jay's going to be the one to turn on Sammy maybe i don't know i don't know i think it's i think it's too obvious that something's going to happen that may be better than what we all thought uh, okay right i wouldn't put it past him i yeah. do i do think that the longer we live in the triple h creative world it feels like well for one thing it feels like the journey you know, what really matters are the friends we made along the way or whatever, you know, it's right. like the journey, you, you don't discount the journey, but when we get to the end, if it makes sense, it's sort of, it's almost like an Occam's razor thing. Yeah. You get, you, you, you do the thing that makes the most sense that furthers the plot, whatever, and you do it in the best possible way. And it works. Right. I mean, I don't think Sammy's going to win. I think, and I think that the straightest line is Jay costs him the victory, you know? And, 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 and it doesn't matter. Like all the back and forth has been fun, has been exhilarating, has been great to watch, but does it really change the stakes for Saturday? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, and, and I guess, you know, with WrestleMania looming, you start trying to, you know, you get pulled into the orbit of what makes that card. I mean, people are talking about Usos versus Owens and Sammy as if it's just already like in ink for stone. night one. You know, yeah. and I, I don't know that, that. And that's that's the straightest path there. I don't know. I, I won't be disappointed no matter what. It would be kind of fun if they threw something, threw another monkey wrench in. But yeah, like I kind of feel like the Bloodline story is so rich and so dense that. It wouldn't shock me if there were multiple bloodline matches at WrestleMania like that, that, you know, like I feel I, I'm, I'm starting to feel like the tag team title storyline, which kind of makes sense at the same time, but doesn't uh, when it comes to Ke- Kevin and Sammy quite yet, because we haven't gotten to the point where Kevin would return or Sammy wants to fight Jay or any of those things. But there's still the story to tell about Jay and Roman. There's still the story to tell about Jimmy and Jay. There's a story to tell about where Solo fits into all this. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I think it's too cut and dry to just be like, well, Roman and Cody are going to have their match and Jimmy, Jay, Kevin and Sam are going to have their match and not think eventually it's all going to be somehow connected because they started doing the dot connecting this past week on Monday Night Raw. So... I'm not necessarily sure how they get there, but there's just a small, there's just a part of me that truly believes that 
there'll be multiple bloodline matches at 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 WrestleMania. The story they've they've taken up too much real estate on TV for it to just all culminate in one match in two between two. Yeah, nights. I think there'll be multiple matches, but I think there's the main event and there's a tag match and maybe no, but I, I solo mean, gets to do something, something in between too. there. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, I think they got to be something in between. Again, the straightest line would be whatever happens at WrestleMania and then at Backlash or whatever the Saudi pay per view is, we get. I guess Sammy won't be at the Saudi pay per view, huh? He will not. No. But I guess you you could work towards, you know, Cody and Kevin and Sammy versus the bloodline or something. I mean, I don't know that that would really do any of them any favors, but yeah, we'll see. I hope that you're right. I hope, I mean, the more more layers of complexity, the better, as far as I'm concerned. I think Um, that's where we're at. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So we're talking about the WrestleMania main event. One man who uh, certainly will not be in it is Seth Rollins. Uh, Seth, who has been on just a tear of of ira- uh, irrational levels of honesty in interviews lately, <laughs> said it's going to be a generational main event of WrestleMania. Again, hard for me to feel any way but slighted by it. So it is what it is. Especially coming off of our uh, fake trades episode last yes. last week. Was that last week? Yeah. Uh, I've been thinking a lot about Seth Rollins, watching him, I mean, just take up all the oxygen whenever he's on screen for his two seconds, cackling, whatever else. Like, where? I was going to say, where is Seth Rollins in the hierarchy? But I think that we kind of come to a pretty bland answer. Seth is obviously a main of, I mean, is a top tier guy who's just not in the main event right now. I think he's a little bit hamstrung, frankly, by the fact that like his storyline with Roman is sort of so established. You know, it's almost like, you know, it's like, it's like, uh, like in your single days, why you can't like date an ex because you're either like all in or all out. You know, there's no like casual, as- there's no casual version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but also, well, he's just, it's okay. Answer, let's talk about it this way. Yeah. Seth, Seth and Kevin Owens compare them, compare their place on the roster and their value to WWE. Seth and Kevin Owens are like, they're like Giannis and Embiid, right? Like, Giannis and Embiid are always going to be in the MVP conversation. They're definitely two of the best in the game. And in any other city or any other franchise, you would immediately realize, holy shit, these guys are the two of the best in the game, right? But they aren't necessarily the faces of the league, right? The faces of the league are LeBron James, Steph Curry, you know what I'm saying? And that's kind of where... Luca. Luca. <laughs> Don't leave my guy out of this. Yeah, I wouldn't know that far. I don't think he's there yet. But they're, they're trying. They're trying. Uh, I would say Seth is, is Giannis and Embiid because it's like, you know, he, he's even though LeBron isn't necessarily like at the top of you know, the uh, the standings or whatnot, like everything he does is, is main event. And that's kind of where Roman is. That's kind of where Sammy is right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of where Cody is, is or is trying to get to. And there's, there's a difference between being the biggest show and the most valuable. And I think Seth Rollins, as far as like, at the end of the day, you need those guys to not just be ready to be a main eventer at the drop of a hat, but also need to be the main eventer at the D town on the fourth stop of a live event trip. You know what I was I'm actually going to say that there's a weird, you know what I'm saying? There's, like, a, there's a weird, there's a weird thing with Roman, not really working the circuit full time. Yeah. That, yeah, that these, plays every night. 
Yeah, yeah that, that, every that, night. that these dudes are there. They're working. They are main eventing these shows. You know, I mean, there was a period where you'd have like Sammy and the Usos main eventing with Sammy sort of cosplaying as Roman Reigns to get the crowd laughing, whatever. But like, yeah, I mean, Roman makes it necessary for there to be this sort of like second tier of potential main eventers that aren't actually actively feuding with him. You know, right. so you can have the Seth Rollins match that you want to see on, you know, a Thursday night in Des Moines or whatever, you know, like, so, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's interesting. I mean, we always talk about Kevin Owens on this show we have for years as he's just sort of plug and play and he, and he's, he, he it, it takes five minutes to heat him up into the main event. You know, it, it, it takes no effort at all. You, you don't, even if you don't believe that he's going to win, you know it's a match you're going to want to see. And he somehow makes you believe, he he tickles that little, you know, the kayfabe lobe in your brain just enough yeah. that makes you compelled by what's about to happen. I mean, when he was feuding with Roman, not this most recent time, but the the previous time, it was, we did three pay-per-views. And on yeah. the third, and, and we thought he was done after each one. By the third one, you're like, well, he's obviously not going to win now. And you're like, but then why would well, he be here? Does. You know, yeah. and then, um, Seth's not the same. I mean, Seth, Seth is is plug and play. You know, he can do he can absolutely do it and do anything, and he can do comedy just like Owens. And you know, they 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 they're they're all you know jacks of all trades or whatever. But I don't know. I mean, it's like if you're Owens, I can see. I I, I believe. You know, the match that Owens had at WrestleMania last year was a huge validation. Obviously, it was a huge yeah. spot for him. That was that was all you kind of need to say. Uh, I think Rollins in that same position would have still been a little bit justified in feeling left out. You know, I mean, he should be main eventing. And it's clear that the, the company has all this confidence in him. There's just not enough spots at the top. And I kind of wonder if there's a point where you just get too good at being the top of the second tier. You know, all it's right, like... So it, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you this then, Dave. And maybe not... And maybe answer this in a way that's not necessarily um, has to do with his skills, but I guess just in sort of accomplishments. Do you think Seth Rollins might have peaked too early? Do you think like WrestleMania 32 was the moment where he fucking he steals the 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 World Heavyweight Championship and like a, a moment that a lot of us thought like okay. He's, he's arrived and this is the beginning of him main eventing the next 10 WrestleManias and like he hasn't main evented any since you know what I mean like there hasn't you know he hasn't he hasn't been like the guy who go on who went on last ever since that moment you know what I mean so like it's a fair question do you think he might have possibly and I don't think skill wise he's he's peaked uh early but maybe as far as like moment like when is he gonna have a moment that's bigger than that to really establish himself as like okay like i'm the true i'm a true number one guy here like you trust me with like with with sending everyone home happy at your biggest show is it only against the roman is it only against roman that he gets he gets treated like that because then you gotta ask yourself some other questions about seth you know what i mean yeah i mean that is a good question I don't think he peaked too early, but I do think that in some sense, whether it's with Roman or not, his career is sort of a constant search for a moment to top that moment. Yeah. Um, I would say that. So here's this is, okay, so here's a perfect here's the perfect argument for any for anybody still out there that still doubts my skills as a wrestling GM for after my trades uh, last week. Here's the reason why great moments and great wrestling don't go hand in hand. Because anybody who's watched Seth Rollins wrestle for the past three, four, five years will tell you he's at worst a top two or three wrestler bell to bell period, right? At worst. Rollins you know in saying? WWE. Rollins in WWE, exactly. Yeah. But if he went anywhere else, he would be just as good as anybody would say is better than him. Like you can't, you can't definitively say like, Oh, he's that much better than Will Ospreay is that much better than him. Or Kenny Omega is that much better than him. Or Kota Bushi is that much better than him. I'm like, we haven't seen, and he's shown the ability to be like, well, if you put him in a ring with those people, like he can probably show you he's probably mm-hmm. better. But at the same time, how many moments does he have? You know what I'm saying? Like, he doesn't have those moments that let you believe like, okay, like outside of 
stealing the main event from Brock and Roman all those years ago. What has he truly done that's made you sit up and say, like, holy shit, that was a massive Seth Rollins moment? He's actually been on the opposite of a lot of a lot of these moments, right? Like, he's kind of been on the opposite side of a lot of these big moments. And there's value in being that guy, too. But just going off of what he said about feeling disrespected about a, a generational main event and him not being involved in it, I think it's because he, he's he's lacked those moments of, of this past several years. Like, if you think about all the great stuff that's happened to Seth Rollins in the past several years, it's been shit that's happened to him. Like, that crazy RKO, like, the return of Sting, the return of Cody Rhodes, like, the shield getting broken up. Like, it's all shit that's happened to him, not necessarily shit that he's done. You know what I mean? Like, the break with the shield and stealing WrestleMania were his, like, those are his moments. Does it really equate to the the quality of ring work that he's done? It doesn't because it's it's it's, it's imbalanced. Like his quality wrestling matches far outseed like his incredible moments that he's had as a, as a WWE superstar. Yeah, I, I I'll give you that. I, I just think that, and I hope I don't come off like a hater. Like I'm not trying to. Like I'm a, I'm a Seth Rollins fan. I'm just trying to be honest. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just, I, I don't I don't want to, I don't want him to hear this and think motherfuckers is hating. No, on but him. okay, I'm but but not. I would say this. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. I'm I'm a huge fan of Cody Rhodes. Yeah. If it was Seth that had torn his pec last year, everything else is the same. I mean, they work the match. Seth works through the torn pec, and he makes his semi shocking return at the Royal Rumble, and gra- and wins it. And is now cruising to the main event at WrestleMania. Is, is he? I feel like I feel like he would be just as just as hot as Cody right now. I don't think. Uh, it's I mean, Cody's got a little magic or whatever, but like you, yeah. but you put give him that storyline. Like I don't know. Like I just don't. I think I think what makes the Cody story different is you know. He doesn't have enough WWE stink on him for him to not like they've really just did the same thing that they've done with lots of people. They've done it with Edge, done it with Triple H, they've done it with Seth. You get injured, you come back at the Royal Rumble, you went like it's been done before. What makes this different is because Cody's lineage, Roman's Mm -hmm. reign as a world champion, and the fact that like this dude still has like this entire outside of WWE story that no matter like if he if he even breaks a little bit of that into WWE, right. it's no, always seemed lot- like, oh, wow, ooh, he's ooh, he mentioned that. Wow, you know what I mean? And Seth just doesn't have that right now. You know what I'm saying? So there's a little bit of different magic to Cody than it is to Seth. It's true. I don't know what the move is. I mean, maybe if if Roman does actually drop a ti- the title, the unified title at WrestleMania, then maybe you go to a Seth Roman program after that. You know, just kind of make it for all the marbles, not all the marble, not all the titles, but you know, kind of have their blood feud then. Um, but he is absolutely elite. You know, if he fights Logan Paul or whoever at WrestleMania, it's going to be in a big spot, and he's going to have a big opportunity to shine. I think that's the question with Seth, though. Is it's it CM Punk? Yeah, well, that's, that's something entirely different. Are I do you think. Start, are, you, are you are you starting that? Are you start? Are no. you part of the no no, no? not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. No, I just think too many other people have. I, I think the comments that people made after that, you know, were just kind of discounted it for me. I don't know. I think Seth's just out there, yeah, saying true things to try to stir shit up, just kind of in a very general way. I mean, I don't think he's trying to stir shit up. I think he's just like keeping it real. Yeah, keeping yeah. it real. What's the worst thing that could happen? Yeah, he's he's reached that like Kobe Bryant level. Do you remember like the the end of Kobe's like career when he was just like had zero filter in all of his mm-hmm. press conferences, and he was just saying whatever. It's like, damn, like where'd this guy come from? I think that's where Seth is right now. It's like, what are you gonna you gonna reprimand me for an interview? Like, are you all right? Who's gonna go do your house shows? Who's gonna do? <laughs> who's gonna run raw? Who's gonna yeah, do all that? Like before SummerSlam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Seth is Seth's in that place where he could just kind of he's a little he's a little Teflon, man. Like, he, you know, what are you gonna really do to him to punish him for saying something? And if there's anybody that knows exactly the line he knows he can tow, it's him because there's probably nobody closer to Triple H or who's more tied to his success than he is with Triple H. So I'm pretty sure he knows Triple H ain't gonna do nothing to me. <laughs> like, he probably knows in the back of the head, like, man, I'm good. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think that, to me, I think that, you know, I mean, Seth has had his injuries, obviously. He's had taken some time off over the years or whatever, but it's almost like his consistency works against him in a certain way. 
Mm. They're just like, you don't, he's not in the main event because they're just like, dude, we got a decade of Seth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, we're going to be, able, when this happens, it'll be great. In the meantime, he can make his money other ways, you know, like, whatever. I, I don't know. I, I think he's so spectacular. I, I, I just, I think he's, I think it's a good thing that he's heartbroken or whatever over not being in the main event of WrestleMania. So, um, well, whatever he does, it's going to be fun to watch. I agree. Um, you mentioned, uh, well, I want to go finish out this back to basketball analogy. Who is who is uh, who's KD in this story? Is it just like Kenny Omega or Moxley sitting over in AEW, just like yeah, they're the best in the world. They just like need to, you know, they're, they, I guess well, Omega is a sort of interesting one. He just sort of, you know, he's too good at team ball. He recedes a little bit <laughs> despite being the best. Uh, is it? Is it? Is it? Do you want to keep going with it, or are we done? I, I would think it's. I would think it's. It's definitely Kenny, right? Like Kenny's definitely the guy where you would just wish he would just be just a little more selfish. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you're just a tad bit more selfish, like just for uh, on the fans' point of view. Like if KD was a little bit more selfish, he could quit. Like he, could yeah, he can daily. have a game like Kenny going over to in Japan and just like wait, holy shit, he can work one on one matches like that now. He can still put out five star matches like yeah. this, and then yeah, he's working trios. You know, it's like he, he, can, he can roll out of bed and, and drop forty five. Like you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if Kevin Durant could average forty five if he wanted to, you know what I'm saying? Is it the best thing for his body at this stage? At this stage of his career, after dealing with a lot of injuries, that might have slowed him down a little bit. Probably not. But he's still good enough to be able to, you know, on his worst day, still be able to put up a, a performance that makes you say, oh, this guy's at least top five I've ever seen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So the Kenny Omega, Kevin Durant stuff. And he, Kevin Durant's literally always had an all-star teammate his entire career. <laughs> so I guess the Young Bucks uh, being uh, KD's, Kenny's teammates make a lot of sense. So, I, I, that, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll roll with those. I'll roll with those. Uh, <laughs> Speaking those of AEW, did you see Tony Khan, was it on Levitard, say that the biggest feud in wrestling is WWE versus AEW? And uh, they really hate each other. And it's a real thing that's going on. Did you see Did you see those quotes? I did see those quotes, yeah. I did. And good for him for saying that. Because that's what you should say. Like, you should make it seem like you guys are naked. Like if I'm a if I'm a casual, it's Super Bowl weekend, mm-hmm. and I get to listen to Dan Lebatard. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna listen to that after that interview, and think exactly how he thinks. Like, oh wow, like they must be really close. Like I see them, I see them on the opposite channels. Like I see them just as much as I see WWE stuff now. Like now to people who are in the weeds and you know. Um, catch up with ratings, catch up with bottom lines, and all that, all that stuff. Like you know, it's not necessarily the case, and the the rivalries is really between like the fan bases, um, and maybe Tony. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I mean, that's what you say. That's how you get your 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 fan base excited. I think he's very well aware that like being anti WWE is good for business for AEW, and um. That fan base is a fan base, a good amount of it, not saying all of it, but a good amount of it was built off of frustration from WWE. So if you're an AEW diehard and you hear that shit, you're going to be like, fuck yeah, you know what I'm saying? And be along with it. But, you know, I I don't necessarily think it was true (laughs) to say all that. Like, I don't necessarily think it was a a factual statement, but like, you're a promoter. You're going on TV. That's what you do. You're promote. And that's the mission accomplished. We're talking about it on, on, on mass man, Super Bowl Monday. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think it's a little, it's obviously psychology. I think what I think you said it exactly right putting himself mm. over, you know, getting themselves, get, getting the, getting, uh, you know, headlines about being in neck and neck, you know, dog fight basically. Um, and everything that uh, just about everything that Tony Khan does is pretty calculated. Right. So, I mean, I, that's, that was, it was deliberate. I, do they really hate each other? I mean, if you say that you really hate each other, hate's a strong word. Hate's a strong <laughs> word, and if he and if he's being truthful about it, well, really, you can only be truthful about yourself, mm-hmm. right? No, I get it. I mean, he said that they that there was some contract, uh, that, you know, they the WWE were con people to break their contracts and stuff. I mean, that 
I'll I'll say, guess. I'll say the, the historical record will tell. You know, we'll eventually have to report that out. But but the but yeah, I mean, there's reason to really, you know, hate somebody that's working against your interests. You know, your competition or whatever. I mean, that 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 makes sense. But um, I don't know. And certainly the W from the WWE point of view, they are a lot more. You know, they care a lot more about AEW than anybody there will ever let on. You know, right. I mean, Vince's whole thing is don't never sell, right? And I'm not talking about selling the company. His thing is never sell. Let, ne- never let them see you sweat, basically. Yep. And that's the whole company ethos. So, um, you know, but do they hate? Does anybody at WWE hate AEW? I don't know. They might say, they might say it, uh, it but uh, who knows? Who knows? I mean, I th- I'm sure, I guarantee there's some people over there that appreciate, I know for a fact, there's some people over there that appreciate the platform, you know, that appreciate the fact that the wrestling world is bigger. I saw a thing the other night that there's wrestling on, in the prime time, like six nights a week or something, you know, like whatever. Yeah. It's like, it's it's all over the place. And that's only, I mean, oversaturation is a thing, but I think in general, it's a real benefit for the industry. Yeah, I think I think the, the they've overall sort of helped. They've helped the overall health of professional wrestling, AEW, no matter how you feel about them. And I think people on both sides could say that. But once the story is told, and history is, you know, once once the history books are told on this story between AEW and WWE. Tony Khan will be on the record of saying, I hate you guys first. <laughs> so um, I don't know how, how well that'll bode for them, man. But that, and there's definitely an opportunity where people will feel some type of way about that, you know, mm-hmm. but I would hope that I would hope that's not necessarily the case. I don't think there's true hate on either side, but it makes for good business to feel like there is. So I'm not I, I completely understand why he said what he said. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. Cold slurpy drinks and a hot summer day are a match made in heaven, and your favorite refreshment just got even better. Let's talk about 7-Eleven's $1 small slurpy drink with seven rewards. It's the classic frozen fizzy treat you can't get anywhere else. I'm a blue raspberry guy. Just know that about me. Know that I'm going to be going forward. Anytime there's a drink like this, I'm in on the blue raspberry. If you're feeling thirsty, feeling thirsty right now, how about going to visit a 7-Eleven valid through 1725? 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax, participating U.S. stores, see app for full terms, all rights reserved. Let's turn back to SmackDown for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the uh, Drew and Sheamus, the team who will not be named, uh, defeated Hit Row. <laughs> A lot of hit rower, you know, jobbers now comments going around. But let's set that aside for a second. But but Drew and Sheamus win, and then there's a post match Viking Raiders segment. It looks like we're going towards a towards a you know Drew and Sheamus versus Viking Raiders program. I don't know when that's going to play out. I mean, the cool thing is that they're playing out a lot of they're paying off a lot of SmackDown stuff on SmackDown, right? It's not just ain't gearing up for Elimination Chamber or the pay per view. I have I have a theory. Can I tell you my theory? What's the theory? This is more of like a fantasy booking come to life thing. But <laughs> what if what if Drew ends up with the Viking Raiders? Ooh. Couldn't you see Drew with like the full, you know, Braveheart face paint? And the Viking Raiders behind Ooh. him squaring off against all three brawling brutes at WrestleMania. Ooh, I did not think of that until. Hmm. Hmm. I wouldn't be mad at that, yo. I would not be mad at that. The more I'm thinking about it, I'm like, okay, like, where is this Viking Raiders story going? Like, are you going to build the Viking Raiders up to be monsters or like not for nothing? They kind of look better. As henchmen, don't they? 
Like, don't they, wouldn't they look like some badass henchman next to Drew McIntyre and, mm-hmm. and all that? Like, now that I, I literally did not picture it until you started talking about it. And now I'm like, a heel Drew McIntyre with the Viking Raiders as like his minions. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I could get behind that. I could really get behind that. Okay, I'm I'm down. Okay. Well, don't get okay. too excited because it probably won't happen. But uh, no, now it is. Now we're gonna put it in the ethos, right? Like people who listen to this show are gonna be like, oh, oh, you know. And I'm sure Drew was a great baby face, though. That's my only thing. No, like, but he's, he's like, a, but we're done with that for now. Drew yeah. needs a, Drew needs a do over, and I think that the and I think putting him with Sheamus has been a breath of fresh air in a mm. lot of ways. But that's not the final turn. Right. Yeah, that's not that's not course. the last that's not the last chess move or whatever you want to say. Now, listen, I'm not you... I'm not a big I'm not always a fan. I'm, and I'm I think on the record is historically being anti the notion of like, hey, this isn't working. This gimmick isn't working. So let's give this gimmick a best friend. You know, like that almost <laughs> never is a good that, that's almost never a good idea. However, I, don't know, I feel like there's some sort of there's a there's some weird synchronicity there that could really work. I, I don't hmm. know. I don't know. Um, there's a lot of people, a lot of gimmicks getting best friends on SmackDown these days. Uh, Madcap Moss uh, got his girl, real life girlfriend, partner, whatever, Emma, uh, as his on-screen paramour, and then won uh, in the main event to get a shot at, at Gunther's uh, IC title. That's going to happen, I think, next week on SmackDown, or this week on SmackDown, not at the Elimination Chamber. <laughs> um, this is another one where I have a theory. I'm, you know I'm not all the way. I'm not in you're, on Madcap Moss. One I for lo- one right now. I, I love Madcap Moss. I've said it before in the show. There is a vanishingly short list of dudes under WWE contract or professional wrestlers in general who you do a double take when you see them in the hotel lobby or the you know <laughs> airport or the bar. Madcap Moss is one of them. Madcap Passes Moss is the airport test. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's just like a who the fuck is that? thing You're like <laughs> yeah. like he, that you know and and he's talented as hell you know i mean people like Heyman have gone to bat for him on the you know in, in interviews and stuff like that i mean it's it's real he's got to find a lot of why and what and depth and whatever else mm-hmm. when they put him with emma that was the best example of like dude he's not over let's give him a friend or in this case <laughs> a girlfriend it's just like this isn't helping at all and obviously she's doing a little like you know, trying. Well, she called him Riddick backstage. A lot of people pointed out that to me is the is the messiest part of this whole thing. Oof. It's like they're together on screen because they're to only because they're together in real life, right? So we're sort of we're just sort of drawing from reality to put them there. And oh, in, they're, they're together like, in real life. Yeah, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. So that's oh, that's okay. she. They were together before she came back. Like there is huh. they're posting. So they're together in real life. That's why we have them together, you know, on screen. And yet in their most intimate moment backstage or whatever, she called him Riddick. Like that's the like I'm using your <laughs> former kayfabe name, your kayfabe. Well, I guess it's still technically. But that's that's how you know they're really, you know, I mean, his mama didn't name him Madcap. You know what I no, mean? No, no, I know what they're trying to do. But you I don't know? know. What is Madcap Moss's real name? I don't even know. Hold on. Let me look it up. Is it, is it? His name is Michael Carter Rallis. It's it's Madrican Cappington Moss. He's calling this like Michael, Michael, no. Mike, Mo- Mike, Mike Moss, Magic sure, Mike Moss. Moss. I'm pretty sure Jerry the King Lawler beat Mike Moss on a Saturday show <laughs> back when I was a kid. Um, here's my thing: you put them together, they got to know this isn't going to do much for either of them to put them together. Yeah. But now he's getting the push. She's sort of you know inspiration or whatever. I I think you play off the real life thing and put them together on screen because it makes the first part of the story fast forward, right? You don't have to go through all the wooing and do a, well, how did they get together or whatever. Fans just accept it. But what's going to matter is not this. What's going to matter is the turn where either he turns on her and man, that would be a great, a huge sacrifice to bring her back just to <laughs> toss her out. Or maybe they both turn heel or, you know, maybe she leads him astray. She's a bad influence, like whatever. There's a lot of ways you could go with it, but I don't think that yeehaw, I'm a successful baby face, Mad Cat Moss is the is what they're what they're aiming for here. And I think, I hope that, you know, whatever happens against Gunther is going to take him down the you know start him down the path that i'm imagining here what do you think what do you think the madcap moss future future bets look like 
Dave, I was going to ask you, do you think after WWE has shown they can successfully tell a long-term crime drama slash mafia story in the bloodline, right? Do you think they can tell a successful romance? Like, we're going to straight up have a baby face who just loves his lady, and she's not going to try and, like, uh, uh, lead him astray. She's not going to be telling him to go heel. She's just a, a good supportive girlfriend. <laughs> like, do you think WWE has it within their facilities to have a happy, healthy relationship wrestling couple in 2023? <laughs> if there, if I say, if, if tomorrow night on Valentine's Day, I yes. was just like, Check check out the oh my god look what WWE is doing check this out send you a link and it's like a live stream <laughs> of them just going to dinner on Valentine's Day unedited you just see them like he picks her up they go to the restaurant they yeah. sit down they order their food they have like delightful surprisingly delightful banter you know mm. their conversations are interesting but it's really just like a live stream of them eating food on Valentine's Day and talking. How many minutes would you watch before you're just like, why Why am I doing this? <laughs> well, absolutely zero, right? But it's not what you do that for, you know? Like, you do that for, you know, you build it up for, for weeks and months. And, like, every time you think this is going to be the time somebody turns on someone or the, the trouble in paradise or something, like, they just, like, have a nice talk, a nice healthy talk, and just have some real understanding. And, like, there's no swerves at all. The the, the swerve is they're just a happy, healthy relationship. And, like, she he loses and she, like, she doesn't blame him. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, there's no, like, there's no thing where he loses the match and she gets in the ring. It's like, see, I told you. No, 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 no. Like, we've seen with a million other valets and girlfriends in the past, mm-hmm. like, that's the that's the hook. We just have Moss and Emma, the only non-toxic couple in WWE history. <laughs> that's the story. That's where you go with Madcap Moss. Just the first. The, no, for the you first don't. Time it's, it's, it's absolutely impossible. <laughs> you give it a month of like really featuring it, and it automatically because no, it's it's like John Cena or like Cody in AAW. It's like this guy's a heel. He just doesn't know it, right? So like people would the, the nicer he the nicer they are to each other, the more people would just detest them. Yes. Yes. Just like what in the what are we doing? You just know like I mean? get a room chance, like echoing from the tops of the arenas, you know? Not, we're wrestling fans. We don't want to see people you happy. Believe, you don't believe wrestling fans would like to see like a nice, healthy relationship that, you know, that with understanding Listen, and grace. There's a reason why Seth and Becky are not together every week on Monday Night Raw on screen. <laughs> it's like, what? They they get along? They have a they, they're raising a child together? That's not a storyline. That's not fun. Let me wake me up when that kid can swing a chair. That's all I care about. <laughs> exactly. No, oh, I don't know. It'll, it'll be God. interesting. It, it, I mean, it's interesting. It's it's something. It's it's. I, I think what makes it. I think what gets my wheels spinning is that Madcap's not there. He's not ready for this. But they're putting mm. him in this spot. And so my hope is, and my expectation is that this match against Gunther will be the trigger for whatever happens next because mm. they have to look at him and say well you know they might they must have another something planned for him and it's not <laughs> winning the IC title cleanly on Smackdown no. and taking that to Wrestlemania I mean that that would that would that would, that would stun be something. me that would be something but I don't uh, think it's going to happen we didn't even talk I don't think last week about the final lineup for the Elimination Chamber uh well, we can talk both men's and women's, but since we're talking about young talents uh, who are in real life relationships with other stars, what do you think about what do you think Montez is going to do in the Elimination Chamber? You excited to see him in there? I'm extremely excited to see him in there. Uh, what a step I, up! What a step up from and no offense from like what I expected to happen, which was like putting the profits with Edge and Beth Phoenix to go on against the full Judgment Day. You know, yeah. like I was like I. Man, I thought there was no way he was going to win that match uh, against Elias, and I, I, I was I'm so excited to see what he does in the chamber. Yeah, I think Montez is the most interesting person in that chamber because the U.S. title's on the line. Theory, 
you know what I mean? Stepping into his, his maturity lately. I think Johnny Gargano, that story is interesting between him and Austin. But I think that there's no real... I think from everybody involved in that match, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's Seth Corbin, right? Seth Gargano, Theory, Tez, and uh, God forgive me for forgetting who the last person is, but I want to say it's Corbin, but I might be wrong about it. No, it's definitely not Corbin because he lost. Are you trying to tell me who's guy. in the match? Um, yes. Austin Theory, Seth Rollins, Johnny Gargano, Bronson Reed, Damian Bronson Priest. Reed, that's okay. And Bronson Montez Reed, Damian Ford. Priest. Okay. I feel like all of them except Montez Ford and Bronson Reed have like a direct line to the United States Championship. You know what I mean? Damian Priest obviously had his long reign. Austin Theory and Seth Rollins have their issues. Austin Theory and Johnny Gargano have their issues. Bronson Reed knew, but I think Austin, uh, I think Montez Ford is interesting because the Elimination Chamber is almost in the Royal Rumble, like the Royal Rumble in the stake that like you can make a name for yourself and stand out without necessarily winning, right? And have like a moment that makes you feel like, okay, like this person is 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 made uh for this next step. And I think this is Montez's first real big pay-per-view solo uh uh showcase. You know what I'm saying? So I think of everybody in this match, I think Montez is the most intriguing to me because I feel like we're gonna get a good idea of what he could do as a solo star for the first time. Uh, in a real high pressure situation, you know. So, um, I don't know if what the the I don't know if there's a situation where he's even winning the United States Championship, and what story you tell after that, you know. I, I feel like maybe there's something that happens within that match that really starts to tell the story of Montez uh, slowly turning into a solo star. Um, but I don't know how you get there quite yet because we haven't really gotten to hear from the Street Profits outside of like some backstage stuff and what's really going on with them as a team. You know what I mean? Uh, so I'll be interested to see how that works out and see how Angelo Dawkins fits into that because them two have been on a tear all year, especially Dawkins. Mm -hmm. And I think for a while, we all were just kind of waiting for okay, the eventual Street Profits breakup is going to happen or whatever, and Montez is going to go off to be this, you know, megastar. But I think in the past year, we've all kind of realized, like, Dawkins is going to be right there with him, you know, and there's a story to tell there about being the guy who who had to, you know, improve in front of all of our eyes. He was he was an OG NXT class. Like he was one of the first, he's one of the first guys out of that class, you know, one of the longest members of the developmental system. So I'm really excited to see how Angelo Dawkins fits into this match and if there's any sort of hint of a breakup between these guys uh starting at Elimination Chamber. Yeah, I don't know if that's even necessary, but I do hope that someday we get to like the the Bianca Montez story. I, I just a, after just running down the idea of putting real life couples together, I've already. Yeah. Done I think that there's definitely a story you could tell with them, right? I mean, you could. I think. What did I say before? Just like a reverse Macho Man, Miss Elizabeth, except Miss Elizabeth is like a, a an elite performer, right? I mean, just to like, I just like the idea of them being uh, of like one of the two of them just getting a huge ego, and I think Bianca would it could it could it could really go either way, and just sort of dragging the other one you know, into the dark side. But, Maybe. but, but I mean, there's, uh, the, the future is so bright with them. It's nice to see them after all the talk about Seth that we had, at least with Montez, with Moss, you know, we're, we're pulling the trigger on some of these next gen guys. Um, and certainly the sort of half generation before them. Um, everybody's, everybody's kind of getting an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the elimination chamber is fun because there's, there's opportunities to tell stories within the stories and it's for a, a, a mid card title. You know what I mean? It's not for a world title for the first time. So I think, you know, especially on the raw side, we're going to get a, a good a glimpse into, I think the Cody Rhodes era of Monday Night Raw and what that sort of looks like underneath him. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like everybody on there looks to play a prominent role in that roster going forward. And I think a lot of those stories start uh, this weekend at Elimination Chamber. Um, what else we need to talk about? What did we forget, Brian? 
Yeah, it looked like we hit every... I think we hit everything, man. Raw's in Brooklyn tonight, man. You know, it's New York City, so it's always going to be a fun show. Um, Unfortunately, I won't be there tonight. I got to do the Knicks and Nets uh, MSG, but if that game ends early, I will Uber my way (laughs) all the way over to Barclays and see if I can catch at least the last hour, but who the hell knows? But I'm assuming New York before a pay-per-view or a premium live event, Something of note usually always goes down. So I'm looking for something of note to go down tonight, especially in Brooklyn, New York, right before we get to Elimination Chamber and we're fast-tracking to the road to WrestleMania. So I'm excited to see where that goes from here. Yeah, same here. Oh, um, oh, MJF. Did you see the story about the fans calling the police after his promo? No. Why did they call the police? Why did they call the police, Brian? Because... He- he cut a promo and he talked about being in an accident with the girl and then he switched sides and I think the girl was like unconscious and he said, we'll just call her Liv. And mm. so he's tweeted that if he gets one more tech call, phone call from the Nassau Coliseum, he swears. <laughs> so yeah, fans called the police after he cut this promo on Dynamite uh, last Wednesday. It's good to see K-Fabe still alive, damn it. I you love remember it. when they called it? The, the most they infamous one was when... Um, well, Vince, right? Oh, well, right. There is... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they they call after Vince, quote-unquote, died, there were a lot yes. of calls. And the NWO, I think, when they threw Rey Mysterio like a lawn dart into, mm-hmm. the, <laughs> into the trailer. There was also way back... I wrote about this in my book. There was an episode of... Um, of America's Most Wanted. Do you, are you old mm. enough to remember that show? I remember America's Most Wanted. Mm-hmm. Brian, you know what that yep. is? So like they I would do, they would they would do they would talk about crimes. We got to find this dude, whatever. But then they would have like a reenactment of the crime, you know, and um, with with obviously with actors. And there was just one crime where the dude looked, I guess, more than passingly like uh, Ray Trailer, aka the Big <laughs> Boss Man. And so and it aired on TV, and they're like, if you've seen this man, call right now. And all these people just called the hotline and they were like, I know where that man is. The WWF is appearing in Na- at the Nassau Coliseum tonight. Go arrest him. And and uh, yeah, but it wasn't him. And it was the mm. actor anyway. So that's weird. It was not the big boss man. He's on the other side of the law. Gotta love it. Gotta or love interested it. We're in locking up the crooks and criminals. <laughs> um, anyway, love you Ray remember Trailer. The, remember the big boss man theme song? When this Serving hard time, yeah. Damn, from Cobb County, Georgia. <laughs> yep. Better read the signs. Respect the law and order. You the hard time. That's my shit. That's the a great 80s song. theme music is undefeated. People <laughs> always talk lyrics. They had yeah. lyrics. Like, there was a theme to it. It was Slick. like, yo. The Reverend Slick. We got yeah. this character, yo. He's this thing. Sing mm. a song about him. <laughs> Say less. Yeah, everyone talks about the wrestling thing. Like, oh, like bring back Jim Johnson. Like, whatever. It's a different era, man. Like, TV yeah. show theme songs are great back then too. Of you know, like I will go. I will spend. I will spend all day, like just <laughs> screaming, fighting, extolling the virtues of like, you know, the two two seven theme song. Oh I my mean, gosh, is it, is it like a banger right there? Yeah. Yo. Sung God. by Marla Gibbs. Step uh, by step, uh, day by day. There's so many good ones back there. <laughs> you remember uh, Step by Step? Yeah, you watch? of course I remember Step by Step. <laughs> um, right after Full House? God damn. Yeah, we got to bring back theme songs, man. I know. Y'all got too cool. Y'all watch the y'all watch the Sopranos do like a, 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 like a licensed song first. And then like other... TV shows just do that weird thing where they just like flash the title and then just go right to the show. Yeah, it's so like, we, nah, man. Let me yeah, because they want they want to jump right in to keep people why they want to do the cold open thing like we do, like wrestling does, like whatever. But it, but also, Dave, some, I love sometimes you want to just hear that song, man. Sometimes I, the best part of watching the show is like just hearing the, you know. One day at a time theme song kick in, and you're like, "Yeah, this is gonna rock, man! I can, <laughs> I can sing along." The Family Matters theme song oh, is the so rare condition <laughs> this day and age, leaving the good news on the newspaper page. Yeah, come on, man! This should be Jam. our whole. This is our new show. We're just gonna do the theme song show. I feel like we found it, babe. I love our cold opens. I love our cold opens. If we had a different strokes level opening theme song to the show, written by Alan Thick, the oh, dad from, from uh, Growing Pains, yeah, that, that is a that there's that, that 
probably that's probably top of the tops. At least, uh, at yeah, least. Yeah, we got to we got to work on that. If anyone listening wants to write us a theme song, please, please, <laughs> that we will play and probably not use. It's it's gotta it's gotta have a '90s vibe to it, and it's cast to describe the show in full detail in less than thirty seconds, <laughs> <laughs> or else we can't use it. <laughs> Oh, it's got to be a real deal 90s sitcom theme show. And I swear to you, I will do everything in my power to get Bill, to get Dave, and to get everybody in Spotify to clear this theme song <laughs> if you go hard and make it. Don't use no samples. Use some real deal. I'm talking to real deal musicians out there, all right? If you really want to be this theme song, this is your challenge for the week. Oh, get us gosh. a Mass Man Show theme song, 80s cheese only. Please. Oh my God, I love it. We're All right, move to the beat of just one. Oh my God, like the eight people still listening to the show at this point are just like, eh, I have a Casio in the closet. Should I get? No. I'm just going to listen to Cheap Eat. Um, oh, that's great. Well, anyway, uh, so no, that's your theme song. Monday show, damn it. That is. That is. Uh, you want to get some plugs in, Cass? Yeah, man. The Wally Mania tickets are on sale now. Them joints are moving. I can't wait to see y'all in Los Angeles. I think we. All, I think we sold out of VIP tickets already. It's crazy, uh, but. Please, Thursday, March 30th at the Novo. Tickets on sale at AXS.com. Wale Mania going down. Lots of surprise guests. Going to be an incredible night of DJing, music, parties, good times, good drinks, good fun. Your favorite wrestlers, your favorite hip-hop artists, your favorite athletes, favorite celebrities. Mass Man Show Live. The best way to kick off your WrestleMania weekend in Los Angeles, Thursday, March 30th, Wally Mania at the Novo going down. And of course, ended by an incredible performance by my brother Wale and lots and lots of special guests. He's in Los Angeles. I've heard some names that are coming through already. And if you enjoyed Dallas last year, let me tell you something. Y'all ain't seen shit yet. Let's get it. We got some so, Ringer Wrestling Show stuff to announce soon, too. Uh, yes. I believe. So, well, we're going to talk a little bit about that in just a minute. Uh, but stay tuned for all that stuff. So check out all of the great shows on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed. Mass Man Show, GP, Peter Rosenberg's Friday something, Wednesday Worldwide. And, uh, and yeah, just keep listening in. You can also hear me on the Press Box, the Book of Wrestling. Um, apologies, as always, to John Moxley. We'll figure out what basketball player you are next week. Uh, we'll see you back here on Thursday, Humanoids. Peace. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.